Welcome back to another edition of the Raptors Pod Table Podcast. Gil McGregor here with another next day wrap off of Sunday's 102-96 loss at the hands of the New York Knicks. The Raptors with the loss fall to 21 and 33 on the year, while the Knicks move to 27 and 27 this season is the latest that this franchise has been at or above 500 since the 2012-13 season, which was the last year that they made it in the playoffs. So big time for the New York Knicks, who look to continue to fight and claw their way into a playoff spot for the first time in eight years, while the Raptors remain in the playoff picture despite their recent stretch of up and down play. For more on this one, takeaways over on NBA.com. Our own Scott Rafferty's got you covered with that one. And there's a lot to unpack from this game. One thing that kind of comes to mind is this is kind of the same old song that we've seen from this team. The Raptors, again, fall on the second end of a back-to-back, move to 1-10 and 10 on the second end of back-to-backs this season. After that was kind of a, their strength in years past, they haven't really had an opportunity to do that. Obviously, there's a lot of depth issues. In this one, OG Ananobi was out to rest. Fred Van Vliet still out with the hip injury, and obviously, once he's back healthy from that, he'll have to serve his one-game suspension. Kyle Lowry did return to the lineup from that troublesome toe injury that held him out of six games, and he played 37 minutes, had 19 points, seven boards, six assists. So good to see him back on the floor. Gary Trent Jr. led the way for the Raptors with 23 points, was nine for 17 from the field, kind of picked up right where he left off. Wasn't as hot as he was in Cleveland when he scored 44, but still doing big things. Kyle Lowry was actually very complimentary of Gary Trent Jr. because they got to share the court. They got to share the backcourt, starting backcourt, and he had a lot of good things to say about his new backcourt mate. Yeah, honestly, Will, I think he's going to be a really good player. I think he's he's a better shooter than I thought he was. Like, he really can shoot the ball. Like, I, I didn't know he can shoot the ball, and he makes tough shots, right? Uh, the Cleveland game, me and Pascal were talking, and he was like, man, this kid makes tough shots. Like, he's a tough shot maker. And, um, you know, he's 22 years old, and, you know, he, he can – he can get a shot off and he can make, you can get, he can, he get hot, right? You seen it tonight, he got hot. And, uh, you know, I think his confidence just continues to build. And, you know, we're going to need him to be that guy. Now, only two other Raptors finishing double figures in this one. Chris Boucher, another big night for him. 17 points, 14 boards, four blocks, yet another blocked three-pointer, which Scott covered over on NBA.com. He leads the league with 23 now. Next closest is Matisse Thibel, who has 13 on the year. So it's kind of a specialty of Chris Boucher's to just block three-pointers and make things difficult for guys, and he continues to blossom and grow as a player. The other Raptor in double figures was Pascal Siakam. Not the best night for him at the office. 16 points, but was five for 18 from the field, had seven assists, but fouled out in 35 minutes of action and committed five turnovers, including a major gaffe down the stretch. The Raptors were down 98-96, had an opportunity to tie in the open floor, and Pascal Siakam committed a double dribble. But those are the type of things that happened, and Lowry actually spoke on that because these things happen, and, and Kyle Lowry has been a big proponent of Pascal Siakam any time he, come, he comes up short, whether it was in the postseason or nights like Sunday night, Kyle Lowry's a guy to move on. It's a mistake. It happens. We're going to build and keep going forward, and that's exactly what his words indicate they're going to do. I, I think I, I gave it to P in the middle, and, you know, we had a three-on-two, right? We had a three-on-two. Gary stopped a little higher than P probably wanted him, and Gary wanted to get the quicker shot, and, you know, for me, I was just getting the ball in to the middle of the floor. And um, I mean, P just, you know, he was about to make a pass and then he decided to go and, you know, it just happens. Like it's, it's a yeah. mistake to happen and it's, you know, it happens. Right. And uh, you know, it's a tough situation, but you know, we can't dwell on it is it is what it is. He, you know, just, he, he made it, he, he double dribbled and that was that. 
For the Knicks, it was all-star Julius Randle that led the way. 26 points, 8 boards, 5 assists, 11 for 11 from the free throw line. So he got to the line and made the Raptors pay. R.J. Barrett, Canada's own, continues to play well. He's been on a tear as of late. Had 19 points on 7 for 12 shooting, was 3 for 6 from beyond the arc. He continues to grow as a player. And it's sure a good thing for fans of basketball in Canada to see. Sometimes you just hope it doesn't happen against your team. But Barrett hit, hit a big shot down the stretch to put the Knicks up. 98-94 before the Raptors were able to have a chance to make things close again. Um, over the last five games, Barrett's averaging 20.8 points and shooting 61% from the field, just under 70% from three-point range and 80% from the free throw line. So given a lot of the criticisms and things that people said about R.J. Barrett uh, in his rookie season, it's just a reminder to not write rookies off, especially when they uh, have their coach fired Early on in the season, they deal with injuries. It looks like R.J. Barrett is starting to settle into who he is. And if you missed it already and you haven't checked it out, please go over to NBA.com. We've uh, documented some of the growth that he's made as a sophomore and continues to grow. And also after the game, he was asked about competing for Team Canada this offseason and said that if he's available, he will do so. And, and Canada looks to qualify for the Olympics for the first time since his father played for the team in 2000. So, uh Seems to be looking up for him and the Knicks and Canada. And R.J. Barrett is, again, another reminder of the direction and the bright future of basketball in Canada. Three other Knicks finished in double figures. Excuse me. Two other Knicks finished in double figures, I should say. I was right the first time. Three other Knicks. Derrick Rose, 11 points. Alfred Payton, also 11 points. Reggie Bullock, 10 points on 4 for 11 shooting from the field. This one was, again, same old song. Raptors trail by as many as eight point, 18 points. Uh, not a great first half of the Raptors. After scoring 47 points in the first quarter in Cleveland, they managed to score just 42 points in the first half of this one. And it was tough. Second end of a back-to-back, as I mentioned. One and 10 in those circumstances this year. No, G- no OG Ananobi. No Fred Van Vliet. The team was dealing with some things, but they still managed and tried to hang back in there and had opportunities to make it close. But you just look at the things and the way this season has gone. This team can ill afford to fall behind big early because oftentimes you just don't have enough to get over the hump, especially when you have guys who are still working on their conditioning. You have a pretty tight rotation. There are more guys are in the fold now, but still they have to bring those guys along and figure things out with them as well. Kim Birch did make his debut, played in just under 18 minutes of action, had four points, five boards. Kyle Lowry and Nick Nurse were both very complimentary of the newest Raptor and the sixth Canadian to ever suit up for the Toronto Raptors. I thought he was pretty good. Josh, I think I think um, it's been a little bit since he's played, and I thought maybe there was a little bit of – you know, maybe just, just like, holy crap, I'm in a game here, right? You know, uh, just for a bit. But I thought once he once he got going, I probably didn't give him the greatest chance. I, I had both the, the two new bigs playing together. That was a little clunky for a bit. When we got him out there a few minutes later on his own, you know, he made some nice rolls. I thought he looked good. He, his size looks good. He made some good switches. He rebounded it good. He had a couple good rolls to the basket. And I thought he was really solid, Josh, really solid. I think he plays hard, right? And throughout the years uh, of playing against him in, in, in Orlando, um, you know, he always played extremely hard, physical guy. You know, he could play, play, uh, he can guard, he can run the floor, athletic. Um, I think tonight he's just trying to get his legs under him a little bit, right? And, and you know, that that's going to take a, you know, a couple games to do that. But I know he's a tough physical basketball player. He can rebound the ball with the best of them. And uh, he's going to be a big part of the, the, the rest of the season. <laughs> Burt scored four of 21 points off the bench for the Raptors. Malachi Flynn was two for nine from the field, had six points in the game, five 
boards for assists. Kyle Lowry was very complimentary of his growth and maturation as a player. Flynn hit a big-time shot in the fourth quarter to put the Raptors up and then hit another three-pointer that was waved off because he was stepped out of bounds. But for more on Malachi Flynn's growth and what that can mean moving forward and Kyle Lowry's compliments about his growth, head over to NBA.com. We've got you covered with more on that. Yuta Wantanabe, another big game for him off the bench. Eight points, two for four from three, and he's just really kind of easing into his role and playing very well and doing big things for the Raptors and really showing why the team brought him on after training camp. So again, Kim Birch in his first opportunities, really got to get his legs back under him, but seems to be a very, very, very valuable addition to this team. Again, I mentioned they're 21 and 33, but not all is lost. I feel like I say this all the time. I won't even get into the huge picture of things, but just looking at a small snapshot of what's going on, the Bulls lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves last night. So with plenty of opportunities to move up in the standings, the Bulls really haven't created much distance from the Raptors. Now they have the tiebreaker, so the Raptors will have to finish with a better win percentage or a better record than the Bulls, depending on whether or not both of these teams get to 72 wins at the end of the year. But the Raptors are only two games behind the Bulls in the standings with 18 games to play. So there's a lot of basketball left to be played. And we can look at the big stretch. And it feels like we always look at these stretches and say this is a crucial five-game stretch or a crucial seven-game stretch. But I feel like at this point, take it one game at a time. One game at a time. And the next game up for the Raptors, they return to Tampa for a four-game Tampa stand and a five-game Tampa stand, excuse me. I know I said one game at a time, but there is a home, a big home stand coming up, and it begins on Tuesday at 7:30 p.m. as they host the Atlanta Hawks. That's on TSN and RDS. It'll be a big one. The Hawks are currently in the East fourth seed after earning a win over the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday. And the Hawks are looking like a solid playoff team, similar to the way the Knicks are. The Hawks are now just jockeying for position and looking to avoid being a play-in team. Right now, they have a one-game lead over the seventh-place Celtics. So the Hawks are looking to stay out of that. They have a lot to play for. They've been playing well as of late. One, two in a row, seven and three in their last 10. And the last time these two teams met was a very similar deal than this Knicks game. Uh, the Raptors trailed big early come back, have a big lead late, then let the Hawks back into it, and Tony Snell hit the dagger at as time expired to put the Raptors away. So I'm sure that that game is on the memory of this Raptors team who looks to get back on track in a season full of ups and downs. It's sure to welcome back at least OG will be back into the lineup at that, that game. It's going to be the front end of a back-to-back with DeMar DeRozan and the Spurs coming into town on Wednesday. So it'll be interesting to see how the Raptors treat that. They, they've played a lot of games. They're playing five games in seven days uh, between Sunday and Sunday. So it'll be a tough stretch for this team. Um, again, a, a big-time week with not much rest and already having a tight rotation that does not make things easier for this Raptors team. But one thing we know based on looking at the standings, looking at the team, looking at the makeup of this team, they're going to take it one game at a time and they're not out. They're not They're They're down, but they're not out. And especially until they're mathematically and officially ruled out. I think this team is going to continue to compete. That's all we've got for you this time on the Raptors pod table podcast. Again, Raptors are back in action on Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. on TSN and RDS. They host the Atlanta Hawks who've been playing pretty good basketball as of late. Keep it locked in with us over on NBA.com. Got you with a preview for that one, as well as availability for the Raptors players as they prepare for yet another back-to-back circumstance. Until then, keep it locked in with the Raptors Pod Table podcast. Make sure to subscribe and rate. Get these right into your feed every time they drop. That's all for today. I'm Gil McGregor. We'll be back with you on Wednesday, coming off of the Hawks game and getting you ready for the Spurs game. Thanks for tuning in to the Raptors Pod Table podcast. We'll catch you next time.